Spirit. First Timothy, Second Timothy, I apologize, Second Timothy chapter number three. Man, I apologize about that. Praise God. I was about to say, you guys are in real trouble. I'm going to have to go off the cuff today because I can't find my notes and I just found them. So anyway, Second Timothy chapter number three, it's going to be a rather lengthy reading, but Amen. I, I don't intend to be very long this morning. I just I just want to get this burden off of my heart today. Second Timothy chapter number three. Starting with verse number one, we're going to read through verse number twelve. And the Bible says this this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Everybody say perilous times shall come. Perilous times shall come. Number two, for men shall be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer. So, man, this is pretty bleak. This is pretty no fun. Bear with me just a little while. Hopefully I can turn this, what seemingly can be a very bleak message, into something that can be encouraging. Amen. I hope that we leave this place encouraged. I hope somebody leaves this place with the Holy Ghost. If you haven't had it before, you can have it today. If you want it today, I want you to I want you to be able to get a renewing of it today. Amen. I want to talk to us of this subject. I was gonna announce it later, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about this subject. Piety in perilous times. Piety in perilous times. Amen. Let's lay our Bibles down and let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts this morning. Can we do that right now? Lord, we love you. 
God, I thank you for your grace and your mercy this morning. God, I thank you for the touch of heaven we felt in this place as we worshiped your holy name. God, I thank you that you have come into this place to meet with us, and we thank you for it very, very much. Lord, I pray today that you would anoint this my lips of clay today, that I could speak what you have to say this morning. God, I'm also asking that you would anoint my mind, that I could follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. God, most of all, that I could, you would anoint each and every one of our hearts, that we could be changed in Jesus' name. Help us, God, to draw closer to you. Renew us in the Holy Ghost this morning, I pray. God, we need more of you today than we've ever needed you before. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we give him a hand clap of praise? Today? Oh, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you, Jesus. 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 We love you, not heard of the word piety or the word pious. And uh, just for our, our alls, all of our sake, I want to go through some definitions to help you understand what I'm talking about when I use these words this morning. Amen. And so first thing that I want to go to, I, I want to define these words not in the original just yet. We're going to get there in just a minute. But I want to define these as we define them in the English. The definition of piety in the English means the quality or state of being pious, such as fidelity to natural obligations, parenthood. Dutifulness in religion, or can I sum it up in one word, devoutness. Since piety referenced the word pious, I wanted to go to that one and give you that definition. The word pious in the English means sacred or devotional, as distinct from the profane or secular, or in a simple word, religious. Another word that came up in our definition of piety was fidelity. And so what it means to, the definition of fidelity is the quality or state of being faithful. I'm going to say that again. The quality or state of being faithful. Accuracy in details. Exactness. Now, can I, can I just kind of help us understand what I'm talking about this morning? To be pious is to simply live a devoted life unto God, unto the things that we believe, living wholeheartedly unto what God's called us to, reverencing the teachings of God, loving Him. And having no reservation of the things that God is calling us to. Now, the reason I wanted to use, go through these definitions is because in the original language, we find a word that is, I'm going to butcher it quite a bit, but it's called efsivia. 
Hephsivia. And it simply means to us two words. Piety, godliness. Hopefully you can understand now that to be pious is to live a godly life. To, to have a life of piety. Now I will also say, throughout history, this word pious or piety has taken on a very negative connotation. I'm not here to focus on the negative side of things. Because people have written off religiosity for their insanity. <laughs> Can I say it that way? People have written off their faith in God to excuse stupid actions that they partake of. Thus the word piety gaining a negative connotation. But piety and being pious in your life should not be a negative thing. But rather God blesses those who live godly and righteously in his presence. Those who seek after him, he begins to work in their life and to bless them. Now I want you to understand something. As I begin to read through 2 Timothy and I come across chapter 3, the first verse there says that in the last days there shall be perilous times. Perilous times. Maybe I should have gotten, I should have went and got the definition of perilous. But I want you to understand, perilous times just means everything is going awry. Everything's not going as normal. Everything is upside down. Can I say it that way? And most of the time when perilous times are involved, uh, amen, there is discomfort in life. There is discomfort in your physical being. There is discomfort in your spiritual man. Amen. And so today, I want to stress to us, amen, the importance that we have to be pious in our walk with God even in these times that I would deem perilous times, we've got to have a heart that is dedicated to God. We must have a heart that is obedient to God. We must have a heart that loves to worship God. And we must have a heart that is godly and is pious unto Him. Amen. Praise God. There is a necessity, and I hope today before I'm finished, you won't be so focused on the perilous times as you will in the fact that God is still in control even though things are going crazy. Even though we can't control what's happening. Amen. I, I, I was blown out of my mind. Amen. Which don't have, don't take a whole lot. But, um, but you, I, when I heard about the balloon, that they first saw, the first reports I heard were in Montana. And then the next morning I woke up and said they shot that same balloon down in North Carolina. Now how in the world are we as, uh, now I'm, I'm giving you my side of the story here, how I see it. I don't understand why we as the United States didn't shoot that thing down as, as soon as we saw it. Now it has all the intel and you can't convince me it's stuck in that balloon 
it was shipping it somewhere else. They got the information they were looking for. Let me tell you something. There, it's not just China that's being out there spying on us, trying to figure out where our weaknesses are. But let me tell you, Korea came out last week and said, hey, get ready for war. There's already war raging in Ukraine and in Russia. You can't tell me we're not living in a time. I'm not saying, hey, God's coming back tomorrow, although you better be ready if he is. But what I am saying, hey, folks, we need to wake up and realize we're not living in, we're not living in just comfortable years that we have been living in throughout the rest of our life beforehand. We better be ready for the coming of the Lord. And we better be out there doing the things that God has called us to do. Amen. It's not time to sit back and decide, you know what, I, I, I don't know if it's important for me to go to church today. I don't feel so well. I think I'm going to sit back and just go through the motions today. Amen. I, I'm, I'm just going to not read my Bible today. I'm not just going to, I'm just, I'm just going to go through today. I'm not even going to pray today. Let me tell you something, my friend. We don't have much time left. And I hope you understand the burden of this preacher today. We've got to, to wake up. We need to know what time it is hallelujah we are in perilous times Romans chapter 13 Paul tells the church he said and that knowing the time that now everybody say now it is high time to wake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about it this morning in Bible class. We need, it's imperative that we put on the body of Christ. We need to put him on. We don't need to be taking him off and saying, you know what, I, I don't want to live like this today. Amen. It's a, too much work. I, I'm too exhausted. No, my friend. Uh, amen. You may wake up the next morning and say, God, where are you at? What did I do? I tarried too long in my comfortability. God, I want to seek your face more than anything in this world right now. Hallelujah. We need not make provision for the flesh, he said here in verse 14. Nor should we fulfill the lust thereof. It's time that we wake up out of our sleep. And it's time that we get up out of the bed and we put up on our work boots and we, we get ourselves all ready. And Brother Blake, it's time that we get out there in the world and we start doing the work of God that he's called us to in this day and this hour. And he's given us a call and I hope you can feel, uh, amen, the spirit grabbing your heart this morning uh, as I begin to preach to you today uh, about the necessity uh, of piety in your life. Uh, you need to be devoted like never before. Uh, you need to have a desire uh, to seek after God like never before right here in this day and this hour. Hallelujah. It's important. That we understand what's going on around us. Yes, the Lord is coming. The Bible tells us as a thief in the night. It's going to take some people by surprise. 
You've got to understand, though, that it should not take you by surprise if you've got the Holy Ghost. Because something down deep on the inside of you, if you've got his spirit living on the inside, is going to be resounding with his spirit. And you're going to realize, hey, it's not just the preacher trying to get us to be scared of the day and hour that we live in. I'm not trying to preach fear from the pulpit today. But, honey, if I've got to and that's what's effective, I'll do what's effective until I see these altars filled with people that are longing to go to heaven and desire a relationship with God like never before. Amen. You're going to see a difference in this old preacher because there is a there is a call from heaven that's saying, hey, church, I want to come back. I'm ready. Are you ready to, for me to come and receive you? And I want to know when he comes, is he going to find me faithful? Is he going to find me faithful? The Lord's coming. The world, I'm not saying the world is at its end, but I can tell you this much. I can't see much greatness going on right here and right now in this old world other than the fact that the glory of God is still walking through this earth and he's bidding whosoever will come. His spirit is calling. My God, I feel such a heavy burden right now. He is calling, Brother Tuffy, those around us. He's calling us as his children to go deeper. Sister Rini, he's saying, hey, are you ready to wake up out of your sleep and get busy about the Father's business? Are you ready to be devoted to this thing like never before? Let me tell you something. Here in America, amen, we have things so, so good. But my friend... I'm ashamed to say sometimes I do run to what I know has worked in the past as opposed to running to my Savior and saying, God, help us. Help me. Heal me. Let me tell you something. My God can heal you better than any drug in this world. I'm not talking about illegal drugs. I'm not talking about shooting up. I'm talking about pharmaceuticals. Amen. My God can and my God will heal you. Amen. And you can be complete just like the woman with the issue of blood was. When she left in her encounter with Jesus, she was made whole, not just healed. Because that's the God that I serve. But the enemy wants to do his best to keep us so at ease. That we wake up tomorrow, and I'm sure that probably some of us will wake up tomorrow and say, man, I don't know if what Pastor was saying. It really is a, a big deal. Honey, I, I don't know how much I can stress to you this morning. You've got to understand, things are wrapping up. Jesus is coming. And it may be tomorrow. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, my friend, you aren't going to make it to heaven. That's what my Bible teaches me. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you've got the Holy Ghost once before and you become cold and stagnant in your relationship, amen, Jesus is going to look at you, my friend, and he's going to say to you, depart from me, you that work iniquity. Why? Am I a bad sinner? No. It's just the fact that you just decided that you didn't want to walk according to his precepts, but you wanted to go about it your own way. He's calling to us this morning. Hey, 
Can you get just a little bit closer to me today? Hey, can you get just a little bit closer to me today? Hallelujah. Paul tells Timothy, he said, you've got to understand uh, today, right now, in this perilous time, and, and being prepared for perilous times. Let me stop and say this. Let me ask you something. I do understand that when things get crazy, people are going to run to churches all across the world. And they're going to fill up the altars. I said it during Bible class. And many of them are going to repent and many of them are going to get the Holy Ghost. But then life is going to normalize again for a time. And they're going to walk away and go back to life as usual. Let me ask you something, my friend. If you are faced with some decisions to make in perilous times, let me ask you something. If you couldn't do that in the good times, what makes you think you're going to be able to withstand in the bad times? You're not going to have the stability that you could have gotten when you were able to stabilize yourself in your relationship with God in the good times. You're not going to be as strong, Sister Veronica, when the enemy comes your way and starts jabbing you and starts poking and prodding on you. And, and you're going you're, you're to be much weaker if all you're doing right now is starting your relationship Am I saying it's impossible for those who are going to come in? No, because I serve a merciful God. But they're only going to be able to come when there's, because there are some people that are already living for God with their whole heart. And let me tell you something. A lot of those folks are going to be riding on our backs, and they're going to be, able, they're going to be, be, be relying on our help and our prayers, amen, to bring them in. And you've got to understand, if you're going to be able to help somebody else make it across the threshold of heaven, amen, you're also going to have to carry their weight uh, as well as your weight. Uh, amen, that's what the church is for, by the way. Amen, I'm here to carry your weight as long as you're there and, and you're, you're here carrying my weight. And you know what happens when that happens is our, our, our burdens become a lot lighter when we're helping each other and we're building each other up. Uh, amen, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I'm trying to hurry through this thing this morning. I just hope you understand, uh, amen, that Paul is telling Timothy, Amen. We read from 1 Timothy, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3, but in 1 Timothy chapter number 4, amen, Paul is telling Timothy, he said, look, you need, you need to discipline yourself. You need to train yourself, amen, not just in your physical body, amen, but you need to do this in your spiritual man. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, but refuse profane and old wives' fables. And exercise thyself rather unto godliness. You see the word there? It says, and exercise thyself rather to godliness. Verse 8, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. He didn't say, Timothy, quit working out, quit Making sure your body's in good 
in a good condition, but he did say, hey man, that's not near as important uh, as it is for you to exercise godliness in your life, Timothy. Uh, hey man, it's time for you to dig down into the word of God uh, and allow his righteousness, uh, he meant to penetrate your heart, uh, he meant and allow it to begin to change you and to mold you and to make you so that you would be able to withstand in the evil days. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, if you want to read that, mark that down, go read that. Uh, amen. Ephesians chapter 6, the latter part there. Uh, amen. He said, and when you have done everything, uh, when you have done all, uh, amen, to stand, uh, stand therefore. Amen. With your loins, girt about with the, with, with, with uh, uh, the, The belt of the truth. We'll go with that. And, and, and we can say I, it's, that's not the King James Version. That's the Pastor Hilton Version. Amen. But the belt of truth and the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and, and the sword of the Spirit. The, sorry, the sword. Uh, yeah, the sword of the Spirit and, and the, the uh, what's the most? He said, above all. Above all else, the shield of. Faith, faith, the faith is what's going to keep you. And if you're not exercising your faith today, how are you going to exercise that faith when things are awry? Doubt will creep in like that when faith is non-existent. Tear off your roof of fear. Tear off your roof of doubt. Amen. Because Jesus is in the house. Amen. Just like we should be keeping our natural body in shape, we should also be working out our own salvation. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 15 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now which mu- but, but now much more in my absence, uh, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, uh, that ye may be blameless and harmless, uh, the sons of God without rebuke, uh, in the midst of a crooked and perverse In the midst of it, in the midst of it, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Among whom you shine, you shine. Everybody say, I will shine as lights in the world. We're shining the light of Jesus to everybody that we come in contact with. Hallelujah. Paul emphasized we need to make sure that we we, we build piety into our life. We bring godliness into our life. Amen. He told, amen. He told uh, the church at Philippi this. He told Timothy this. But he wasn't the only apostle that preached these things. But Peter emphasized the fact that we need to grow in grace and in knowledge. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17 and 19 says, You therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, Beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow 
in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Can I just put that in my little synopsis here? Peter said, look, you're going to be able to try. You're trying to build up your own knowledge. Amen. But you need to be seeking the knowledge of God and you need to be seeking it through his grace. Amen. Because when he gives it to you, it's not going away. Amen. But if you obtain it of your own ability, He said of your own steadfastness there in verse number 17. He said you're going to fall from it. It's your own. It's not his. But amen. But if I can stay steadfast in the spirit, seeking after him, I know that I'm going to be all right. Amen. That's where piety comes in. That's where devotion to my God comes in. That's where faithfulness to my relationship with God comes in to this thing. Amen. Paul was telling also the same exact thing to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 16 it said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up or the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children. Amen. It's not the will of God that we stay young in our own relationship with him. It's not his will that we continue on milk from the word. But no, he wants to give us meat. He wants to give us sustenance that can help us to last and endure all things. Amen. He said that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in him in all things which is the head even Christ and verse 16 says this for whom from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love it's the will of God that the church grow in strength, not just in numbers, not just in people in the pew, but he's talking about, hey, every single individual in that church ought to be growing, amen, ought to be becoming stronger, amen, in their relationship with God, and we do this together. Hallelujah. Praise God. I really am almost done. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Because of perilous times, we have to understand we must not, I cannot stress it enough, we must not neglect the assembling of ourselves together. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 24 and 25 says, And let us consider one another to provoke one another unto 
good works. Verse 25 explains how we can do that by not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But we ought to be exhorting one another and so much the more as we see that day approaching. I long to help my brother and my sister. But if you're not with us in every service, as, as, as many as possible, I understand life happens. I know work happens. But my goodness, I'm telling you, the closer we get to God, the more that we ought to be in church together. The more we ought to be praying together in one place. Amen. We ought to be working together. Amen. You've got to understand. Amen. It's not just the... It's not that is the beautiful thing about this but it's the gathering together of the church members those that are a part of the body of Christ amen but if we're staying dispersed if we're staying away from each other often amen we don't have the stability and the ability to grow because we're not able to help one another because of a disconnection hallelujah we need one, one another more than ever before. This is how that we ensure that we are the whole body fitly joined together. And it didn't just say joined together, but it said compacted. We're together and we're tight knit. That's the kingdom of God. We already read it, Ephesians 4.16. You can mark it down again if you want, but Ephesians 4.16, amen, from, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, amen. God is doing this through the preaching, through the assembling of ourselves together. God does this in our lives. Reagan, if you want to come, get ready as we close this morning. Our mindsets are changed when we apply piety to our life. When we apply godliness in our life, we don't think of things the same way as we used to. The Holy Ghost is calling us as the children of God to draw closer to Him this morning. We need Him today. Do you believe what I'm talking about this morning? We've got to have a closer walk with God. The song, old hymnal that we used to sing, just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. It's my desire, God. Let me draw closer to you. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 2 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, and verse 2 said, set your affection or set your eyes on things above, not on things of the earth. This focus allows us to remain steadfast in our faith. Because we're not looking at what we understand and at what we know, but we're looking unto Jesus. Hebrews tells us who is the author and the finisher of our faith. It also helps me not to faint in well-doing when I have piety in my life. 
so that I can reap the things that I have sown. Galatians 6 and 9 said, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall. Everybody say, we shall. Everybody say, we shall. Everybody say, we shall. We shall reap if we faint not, if we stay focused on the Lord, if we draw closer to the Lord. And another benefit of being pious and drawing closer to God is that we find peace in living a faithful, godly life. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in good time, in due time, casting all of your care upon Him because He cares for you. Jesus told us, He said, You need to take my yoke on you. He said, because my burden is easy. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 30 says, Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If I can cast my cares upon him, I yoke up to him. I know we're in a little country town. Probably some of you have seen animals yoked up together. And back in the old, in the Bible days, one of their practices was they would put together a young novice animal and yoke it up to a more experienced animal so that being yoked together with experience that older mule was able to train that younger mule for the future Jesus is saying look I know your your burdens are pretty heavy on you I know you got stuff going on in your life but let me ask you something what if I hook up to a mule that has the most experience a mule that's much more powerful than I am My weight doesn't seem near as heavy anymore because he's there bearing it with me. And Jesus even said this. He said that he was going to leave his peace with us. This is why we need piety in our life. How do I get this thing that we're talking about, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to hit it real fast. Jesus said, I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost. He said, this is the comforter. How many of you want comfort in your life? Amen. I want comfort in my life. I want it consistent in my life. And in order to get the comfort that I need, I need the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said this, uh, amen, in, in John chapter 14, 25 through 27, he said, these things have I spoken to you, being yet present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whosoever I have, whatsoever I have said to you and he said in verse 27 this Holy Ghost, this comfort is going to bring peace he said because peace I leave with you my peace I give to you not as the world giveth give I unto you but let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid my last scripture this morning I want to draw our hearts one more time I still feel the Holy Ghost here today. 
I'm asking that we don't just write everything off. I know we're almost done. But I'm asking us, can we respond to his spirit this morning? The Holy Ghost is bidding us to draw closer to him. We need piety today. We need godliness today. We need righteousness in our life today. And Jesus said this. He said, if you'll hear my voice, if you'll hear my voice, I've got some things for you. John chapter number 10, verses 25 through 30 says, Jesus answered them, said, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not, because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And he said, verse 28, and I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hands. And he said, I and my Father are one. Can we stand this morning? I hope you hear the burden of my heart today.